Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Lift your hands and worship God for 10 seconds before we make our faith confession. God, we are ready. God, we are open. God, we are expecting. Speak to us tonight. Speak to us tonight. As we open this series, let it open up a new favor for us. Let it open up a fresh start for us. Let it open up a new season for us. In Jesus' name, somebody say new. Somebody say new. Somebody say new. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do me a favor. Look at three people around you and fist bump them and just say, let's be kids again. Let's be kids again. Online, tag three people and say, let's be kids again. Let's open this series up. So this new series is called Let's Be Kids Again. Why are we doing this? Uh, because normally in the scripture, we are, can, we are uh, told that we should be mature. We are told that we, for example, the scripture says, in business be men. In fact, the apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, let's stop right there, which means there's a difference between, watch me, being a male and a man. Mm. There's a difference, watch me, uh, than, than being a male and a man. Paul was saying that when I decided to be mature, that's what actually made me a man. Watch me. And there's some people that are going around from and pretending like they grown when they're, watch me, when they're not really grown because they haven't yet put away childish things. I need you to make this declaration say, I, I put away childish things. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as one, I understood as one, and I thought as one. But when I decided to mature, watch the verse, I put away childish things. Now watch me. We shouldn't be childish, but the Bible is very clear that we should be childlike. In fact, Jesus said, to receive his kingdom, you must be like a kid again. Mark 10, 
and 14 says this. When Jesus saw this happening, he was angry with his disciples because some kids were trying to come to him, and his disciples said, y'all leave him alone. Y'all leave him alone. Y'all leave him alone. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not stop them. I need to tell somebody on this Wednesday night, you are not a bother to God. In other words, Jesus was saying, you're not bothering me. There are some of you that, watch me, that your relationship with God comes from a paradigm where you were always taught that you were being a bother. And so you learn to withdraw and pull back instead of pull in and push in. And I need some of you to hear me. You're not a bother to God. Your prayers are not a bother to God. Your voice is not a bother to God. Your worship is not a bother to God. Your shout is not a bother to God. In fact, he wants to hear your voice, which is why he says, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Why? God says, you're my child and you're not a bother to me. People may try to keep you away from me, but I want you. People may try to push you away, but I want you. People may say you're not good enough, but I want you. Can I get you to open your mouth and let him hear from you, his child, for a moment? Come on, let the Lord know, Lord, it's me. It's your favorite, and I'm back again. It's your favorite, and I'm back again. And I'm not a bother to you. Say, I'm not a bother to the Lord. Now, now look at this. He says, he says, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Now, this is a trip because they did not know that it was not protocol to come up to Jesus as the teacher. They had not yet been taught that you don't run up on Jesus like that. You'll catch it in a minute. In other words, they saw something that they wanted and they went to it because they had not yet been taught that you can't do that. For some of you, watch me, what you have been taught has taken away your childlike faith. And so now you started telling yourself what you can't have, what you can't do, what you will not be able to accomplish. Why? Because people have told you, uh-uh, uh-uh, back up. And God says, don't tell them to go away. Tell them to come to me. Say, Lord, let me be a kid again. Let me. Look at this. He's verse 15. I tell you the truth. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child, will not enter it. Here's what I need you to know. Who they wanted to keep out is who gets in. Okay. All right. See, for some of you all, watch me, your family wanted to keep you out, but you're going to be the one that makes it in. For some of you, your ex wanted to keep you out, but you're going to be the one that makes it in. For some of you, your past wanted to keep you out, but you're going to be the one that makes it in. It was Jesus' disciples that said, don't let these kids over here. And Jesus was like, no, these are the ones that's going to make it in. Watch me. I'm so excited that in your future, you are going to overcome every statistic they said you'd be. God. I'm so excited that you're about to overcome every obstacle they said you'd never overcome. Who they tried to keep out is going to be the one that makes it in. I need you to make sure you're sitting in the right section. I need to make sure you're sitting around some people that aren't afraid to be kids again. Would you fist bump somebody and say they tried to keep you out, but you're going to make it anyhow. You? They tried to tell you you made too many mistakes, but you're going to make it anyhow. They tried to tell you he wouldn't love you, but you're going to make it anyhow. They tried to tell you you weren't good enough, but you're going to make it anyhow. They tried to tell you your failure was too big of a failure, but you're going to make it anyhow. They tried to tell you because you're still struggling with this, that it wasn't going to work, but you're going to make it anyhow. You still with me? I said, are you still with me? No, no, notice what the verse says. He says, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Please put the verse up. 
The children of God belongs to these who are like these children. Say the kingdom of God belongs to these who are like these children. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say heaven. He, he, look at me. He said the kingdom. So, so here's the question, Wednesday. What's the kingdom? The kingdom, let me break it down to you, is number one, when heaven's attributes invade the earth. What are the attributes of heaven? They're found in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not an eating and drinking, but, watch me, let's go, <laughs> righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. This means in right standing with God and good character, which means, watch me, he says the kingdom belongs to people who are in right standing with God and good character. Then watch me, and peace. Peace is the Hebrew word shalom. These are the attributes of heaven. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Pay attention. So when the kingdom, when you enter the kingdom, you're entering right standing with God and good character, which means things are right with God and you're not a horrible person to deal with. Which means things are right with God and you do what you say you're going to do. Here's what I'm excited about. You've, you've graduated from cash, cars, and clothes. Watch me. You've got to a point to where you want your character to mean something. I, I need to check this building tonight and check online for those that want to make sure I don't just have stuff, but baby, I got a good heart. I don't just have stuff, but baby, I've got good character. And right standing with God and good character, peace, which means shalom. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. All is well. And then watch this last part, and joy. Say, and joy. Joy there in Greek, the language of our New Testament, it means to be glad and great in the Holy Spirit. So it says the kingdom, these attributes, these attributes, righteousness, peace, and joy belong to those who are like kids. Not to people who walk around talking about how grown they are, but to those who are childlike, not childish. Okay, here's the second definition of the kingdom. The second definition of the kingdom, the second definition of the kingdom is this. It's how God does things. Say it's how God does things. Which means, watch me, uh, God says, I have a different way of doing things. And the way I do things may not match the way the world does things. I do things differently. Which means the way I do it, it will be different than the way you learned it in the earth, but it will be my M.O., my modus operandi. And thirdly, it's becoming who God said you are and possessing what God said you can have. Say, I'm becoming and possessing. Uh-uh, say it, I'm becoming and possessing. Say, there'll be new me. And I'll have new things. Uh-uh, I need you to say that with authority. Say, I'm becoming a new me. And I'm possessing new things. Come on, say, I'm becoming a new me. And I'm possessing new things. So he said, these three things, because this is what the kingdom means. He says, these three things belong to those who are childlike, not childish. Y'all still with me? So the kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. Okay, okay. The kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. The kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. Matthew 18 and 3. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Now watch thing. Unless you turn from your sins. Now, here's the issue that many people have. 
is that you never get what God has because you never give up what you had. He says, I want you to turn from sins. What are sins? Mistakes. Things that you do that God doesn't like because they hurt you. God says, I want you to turn from the stuff that's not good for you. I want you to turn from the stuff that is not productive for you and become like little children. When a parent tells a child not to do something, it, watch me, a child will believe what their parent says simply because their parent said it, even if they don't understand the why behind the what. Y'all not saying nothing to me today. A, a child will follow their parents' instructions simply because their parents said it, even if they do not understand the why behind the what. It says, turn from your sins and become like what? Little children. Look at the next part. You will never, ever, ever, ever get into the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is interesting because, watch me, Jesus literally said, you will never have righteousness, peace, Joy, the way God does things, watch me, or become who he says you are or possess what he says you can unless you're willing to be a kid again. Okay, now, because some of y'all, you, you're still confused because you're like, well, how does this happen if, if? So let me answer the question, how to be a kid again. You ready? Verse 4. So anyone, here it is, who becomes as humble mm, as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So watch me. He says, this is how you do it. Someone say, this is how we do it. Go. Go. Here's how you do it. Humble, look at this. Humble, it means being Fully dependent on the Lord. Do you depend on your job or your God? And we're able to ascertain which you depend on predicated upon which one you put first. Do you depend on your God or your relationship? We're able to determine which one you put first. And that shows us which one you depend on. Say fully dependent on the Lord. Say fully dependent on the Lord. Now, now this is interesting, y'all, because, because, because it, by virtue of the definition, it means you can be partially dependent on the Lord. Um, there was this man that came to Jesus, and he says, I went to your disciples and asked your disciples to cast this uh, spirit out of my child, and they couldn't do it. And, 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 and um, he says, so, so the, you know, I, I got a problem because they couldn't do it. Jesus says, this kind comes on only by fasting and prayer. There's another time where there's a man that, that has a similar type of issue. You know what he says? Lord, I believe, but help my lack of dependence. Oh, that's me. Which means sometimes you're partially dependent on the Lord, but you have a plan B. You're partially dependent on the Lord. But, but you got options. Just in case he don't do what he said he going to do. And God says, I need you to have some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faith. To where you say to the king, listen king, we will not bow down and worship you. Our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, 
we still ain't going to do that. I need to check this building and end no line to make sure I got some Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegoes that can say, God, I'm fully dependent on you. I don't have another plan. What's my plan? God, what am I dependent on? God, who am I trusting in? God, who's going to make it happen? God, I don't have another choice. Being fully dependent on who? The Lord. Look at the next part. Dismissing reliance upon yourself and self-government. In other words, here's what some of you say. I don't trust nobody but me. Wave at me if you've said that. Wave at me if you say that. Wave at me if some of y'all lying. You ready? I, I don't trust nobody. The only one I can trust is me. And Jeremiah says that, that your heart, you, is deceitfully wicked above all things. Because you'll tell yourself what you want to believe, so everything you see reinforces what you've already decided you want to believe. So if you've decided something ain't going to work, everything you see is pointing to the fact that it can't work because you believe you, but what you believe is predicated upon what you already decided to believe, so everything that you see only reinforces what you decided you wanted to believe in the first place. Some of y'all said, what did he say? Get the, C uh, the podcast. <laughs> you ready? I said, are you ready? So watch me. He says, to be humble means you're fully dependent on the Lord and you dismiss reliance upon yourself. Which means your confession is, God, I need you. I am not trusting my emotions. I am not trusting my will. I'm not trusting my intellect, which is what, what, Bishop, how do you do this practically? Before you do anything, you say, now God, order my steps. Come on. Now God, order my decisions. Now God, order my actions. And for some of you, watch me, when you follow the ordered steps, you may have gotten a no yesterday, but when you follow the ordered steps, he'll turn it around and give you a yes today. And look at this last part, and emptying your carnal ego. I heard somebody say it like this, and I like it. Ego means edging God out. Most kids don't have an ego. When they playing, they ain't trying to impress nobody. They, when they on the jungle gym, they ain't trying to pray nobody, impress nobody. When they doing monkey bars, they ain't trying to impress nobody. When they going down the slide. They ain't trying to impress nobody, which means they enjoy the process. Ego will rob you of enjoying the process because you're trying to make the process look perfect. You're trying, to, you're trying to make everybody think that it's this and that, and really it's something totally different. Say, Lord, I release my ego. Uh-uh, uh-uh, we got to spend some time there because it got quiet, which means, which means we tapped into something. Say, Lord, I release my ego. Say, I will not edge you out. Uh-uh, say, I don't care what other people think about it. Say, I will follow your instructions. In Jesus' name. Being fully dependent on the Lord. Tell him, say, I depend on you. Let's just let that settle for a second. Because a kid, watch me. I, how many parents, let me ask a question. How many parents, your child asked you before they asked you for something to eat, did you have it? Like, did you have the money for it? All right, how many parents, wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. Wave at me. <laughs> you got a mature child. 
uh, ask me, ask me. Most kids, if they're hungry, you know what they're going to do? Daddy, mama, let's go to McDonald's. They're not asking you. Now, some of you got these mature kids, so they know your pay cycles. So they know. They know. Oh, the 15th is coming up. Let's go ask her. <laughs> it's Friday. Hey, mama, I cleaned the house for you. Right? But most kids, notice, 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 say kid. Come on, say childlike. This, we're not talking about a preteen. We're not talking about a teenager. Most kids, if they're hungry and they want McDonald's, they're going to say, I want McDonald's. Watch me. Because they're fully relying on you. I'll talk over here because they didn't get it over there. They're not relying on themselves. So they're not going to their piggy bank to see if they got, these kids' meals are expensive these days. They're not checking their money to see if they got the $10 to get the Happy Meal. No, you know what they're doing? They're going to ask who they're fully relying upon, and they're going to say, since I'm dependent on you, I'm going to ask you for what I want and believe that you got it. Well, guess what? Our God and our Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the silver is his, all the gold is his, which means since I'm fully reliant on him, I can ask for what I want. Why? He got it. Come on, Wednesday. Open your mouth. Say, he got it. He got it. That's me. But when you're dependent and reliant on you, you will reduce what you ask for to your supply. You reduce what you ask for. You reduce what you think life can be because you're reliant on you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to spend time here because I need some of you to see how subtle this thing is because you say I'm fully dependent on the Lord, but, but not really because, because when you go to him, you're going to him based on your supply. You're going to him based on your experience. You're going to him based on what you think is possible. But most kids, when they go to their parents, watch me, I remember when I was a kid, I had very expensive taste. So I would go to my mother. I remember getting the JCPenney Christmas book. Nobody else remembers getting the JCPenney? That thick book? And what I would do is I'd flip through and I'd get to the, and, and I would start circling stuff. I'd start this around October. I said, I just want you to know. Watch me. And, and I never ever considered whether or not there was supply because who I was relying on had good credit with me. Who I was relying on, I knew, watch me, I'd seen her come through before. So since I saw her come through before, I just presume that she's going to come through again. I'm trying to tell some of y'all, watch me, to be a kid again means I've seen God do it for me before. Which means I'll see God do it for me again. Please open up your mouth and lift up your worship for five seconds and say, my God's got it. My Everything I need, he's got it. I'm not relying on me. I'm relying on him. I'm not relying on my supply. I'm relying on his supply. Say, he got it. Look at this. To be humble. This is, this is how you become a kid again. I'm fully dependent on the Lord. Most kids don't, don't consider the cost of where you live. If you take them into somewhere, they're going to say, this is my bedroom. They ain't paid a note. Ain't put nothing on it. But when they see what they want, watch me, they claim it with their mouth. <laughs> Why? Because they're fully relying on you. 
And in their mind, since you got it, I can ask you for what I want. They're not considering your credit score. They're not considering how much it's going to cost. Watch me. Take them into the grocery store. Which, by the way, probably isn't wise. It's going to run your bill up an extra 45%. Right? When you take them to the grocery store, you know, they're going to see something they want. And watch me. When you turn around looking this way, they're going to put something in the basket. Because they are fully relying on you. In other words, watch me. They say you're their gyra. That means you provide for them. When you're fully reliant on the Lord, it means, watch me, it means I am not considering my supply. I am not considering my limitations because I'm fully reliant on his. Can I go deeper? Watch me. If they're feeling sad, they're going to come to you and not care if you're feeling sad. And not care if you had a long day. They're going to come to you for comfort. And they're going to cast their cares on you because they know that you care for them because they're fully reliant on you. Y'all will get it in a minute. I'm trying to tell you, if your kids know how to do it, why is it you don't know how to do it with your heavenly father? I need you to lift your hands and say, God, I cast my cares on you because you care for me. All right, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Here's the second definition of humble. Y'all getting this? It's humiliation. Now, most times when we think of humiliation, we don't actually know the proper definition of humiliation. So humiliation, number one, it's a feeling. And what have I taught you in the last couple of messages? How you feel determines how far you go. So Jesus says, I need you to be humble like a child. I need you to be a kid again. And to be a kid again, you have to be what? Humble. To be humble means the feeling of humiliation. And most people hear that and they think that's a negative thing. Bishop, why would I want to feel that? But that's only because you don't know the definition. So allow me to teach you. It means the abasement of pride. Humiliation, watch me, which leads to being humbled and reduced to submission. Pay attention. All humiliation means is I submit. All humiliation means is I'll do it your way. All humiliation means is that I will not try to do it my way. I will do it your way. Because watch me. What's the opposite of submission? Anarchy. Anarchy says I'm going to fight to do it my way. And often the only reason you're fighting to do it your way is because pride is telling you you need to fight for yourself. Think about it. A lot of the stuff you're fighting to do your way, to be honest, your way is not even that good. You just don't want nobody telling you that you have to do it their way. I wish y'all be honest with me. Think about it. Think about in families and relationships and marriages. How many fights are over to, to, to do it a certain way that ain't even that good? Y'all not saying nothing to me. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Y'all fighting over cereal boxes and ice cream sandwiches and crazy stupid stuff. And the enemy sitting back looking like all I had to do was make sure pride was present. Because pride comes before a fall. So to be a child, what does this mean? Number one, I taught you, it means I'm fully relying on the Lord. But number two, it means, Lord, okay, I submit. Your will, not my will. Here's why some Christians feel like failures. is because you really didn't want his will. 
You wanted your will with his stamp. It's quiet Wednesday. You wanted it your way, but you wanted his money. Y'all not going to talk to me today, but this is Wednesday. Come on, I'm going to get you free today. Because watch me, this whole series, watch me, you're about to have childlike faith again. This entire series, the kid in you is about to be stirred up. And you're about to see the kingdom manifest in your life in a way you've never seen it before. Why? You're about to be fully reliant on the Lord. And you're going to tell the Lord, Lord, I submit. It's your way, not my way. It's your will, not my To hell with my will. Because my will has shown that it does not work. My way has shown that it is not fruitful. Please, Wednesday, open your mouth and say, Lord. Lord, I submit. This is what it means to be a child. This is what, you know, I came up. Parenting. Let me take off my non-prescription glasses to look at you like I needed to see you more clearly. You know, preachers, when they take them, they do this. And then they always look like something stinks. Like, um, I don't understand a lot of this new parenting because it's not Bible. And it's not even producing a better quality child. Because the moment something goes wrong, they become emotional balls of fire. It, it's not even producing mature children. It's producing overexposed children. And there's a difference between being mature and being overexposed. Because see, when you're overexposed, you think you've grown. When you mature, you know when to back up because you know you're not. That's a whole nother message for a whole nother day. I came up, and, um, and when I came up, parenting was different, right? Parenting um, was, was, was different. I want you to see the definition one more time. Look at the definition one more time. This is reduced to submission. Say submission. submission. All right, so, so there were certain things that I remember growing up. Uh, particularly with my great-great-grandmother, we had something called switches. And I ain't talking about on your car switches. Mm -mm. I'm talking about when you broke submission, you'd have to go outside. Come on, Wednesday. Pick a switch, which is nothing but just a, but, but, but just a flexible branch. Off a tree, pull it off, then bring it back to her. Because you had to be a part of your submission process. Y'all not saying nothing to me. And for some of y'all, watch me, watch me. You think that God's, that, that when something is wrong, that it means that God is against you, not realizing that the Bible says that those that he loves, he chastises which means sometimes God will send you to get your own switch. He says, now listen, you didn't want to do it my way, so I'm about to teach you and show you better than I can tell you. Not because I'm against you, but because I love you too much to let you live like that. I want to know who can thank God, watch me, not for when he gives you what you want, but who can thank God for when he says no. I want to know who can thank God for when he disciplines you. I want to know who can thank God for when he chastises you. I want to know who can thank God who, when he makes you go get your own switch and say, this may hurt you a little bit, but it's going to be better for you overall. Say, thank you, Lord. Uh -uh, don't get quiet Wednesday. Say, thank you, Lord.
Let me, sub submission, submission. Now that, now that's not quite a switch. And there's the difference between a switch, <laughs> this abuse, now this, this, this ain't no switch. You trying to kill your child. <laughs> you trying to catch a case. Listen, I, I'm not. It wasn't that now, it wasn't that now. And for every adult, when, when you, for every adult, when you were disciplined as a child and you used to say, I ain't never going to do this. And you used to say, I hate her. I hate him. I can't believe she's doing this. I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe it. But watch me. You're grateful today for the discipline you received because it made you better. And while the Bible says it may have been painful for a moment, it kept you out of some stuff. Some of y'all ain't locked up today because of some discipline you got as a young man. Some of y'all are not in crazy stuff today because of some discipline you got as a young girl. Say, thank God for discipline. Right. So he says, to be a child, to be childlike, number one, he says, you are going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to be fully dependent on the Lord. Number two, watch me. You are going to have to have the feeling of humiliation, which all that means is what? Submission. He says, you need to feel what it is to submit. Let's spend some time here. Because some of y'all, watch me, you've never, ever had to submit. Because every environment you've been in, you've been the top dog. So you never learned what it was to submit. What does submit? Get under the will and authority of another. You never learned to submit. And culture will tell you, don't submit. You're grown. You're an independent woman. You're an independent man. You this, you this, you this. The Bible is clear. Somebody say, submission is not a scandalous word. Say, it's not a dirty word. Because don't, don't just seek God's hand, but yet you won't submit to God's plan. Y'all ready, Wednesday? Come on, let's go. All right, look at this. Um, humiliation is a what? It's a feeling. And how you feel and what you feel determines how far you go. Here it is, and we close it. David shows us how to be a kid again. How does he do it? In 1 Samuel 17 and 31, um, David shows us that his ability to be a kid again is what caused him to have victories that the grown man couldn't get, but that he could get. Again, this isn't about being childish. This is about being childlike. So what's happening? For 40 days and 40 nights, there is this uh, Goliath. And Goliath is taunting God's people. He's taunting God's army. And every time Goliath runs out, here's what's amazing if you read the story. The armies are face to face until they see Goliath. And when they see Goliath, the Hebrew army, they retreat. In other words, Goliath was used as a tool to taunt God's people. Saul wasn't willing to fight Goliath. There was nobody else that was willing to fight Goliath. And the king had put a reward out. The king said, anybody that kills Goliath, I'm going to give him one of my daughters, and he's not going to pay taxes, which means his relationships are going to improve, and his money's going to improve. For some of you, watch me, the giant you won't take down explains the relationships you can't have. The giant you won't take down explains the money that's missing. But I need you to speak this over your life. Say, but I'm a David, huh? 
Uh-uh, I need you to say that thing like uh, August is going to be the month you knock some giants down. Like it's going to be the month you take some stuff that's been taunting you for years down. For 40 days and 40 nights, 40 is the biblical number of wilderness. 40 is the biblical number of testing. Watch me. At the end of these 40 days, David shows up. Which means, watch me, the tests, watch me, the test was coming to its conclusion. David shows up. And when David shows up, um, um, David goes and he says, is this the reward that everybody's going to get um, for fighting Goliath? Some people say yes. David's older brother, he says to him, what are you doing down here, David? Shouldn't you be with those few sheep, keeping those sheep? They were trying to marginalize him and minimize him. Why? Because he was their kid brother. David had seven brothers. David was the, let's see if you can catch this. David was the eighth son. David had seven brothers. David was the eighth son. Okay, let's see if you can connect dots. You are in the eighth month, which means you're in the month of David. I'll talk over here because they ain't saying nothing over there. Which means this month is prophetic for you because this month represents the faith of a man that had faith like a kid and his childlike faith ended up taking down a Goliath. You ready? I said, are you ready? So David ignores his brother. And for some of you, watch me, part of it, children are good at pretending like they didn't hear. Some of your kids, watch me, because you did it as a kid, you were pretending like you were asleep while you were listening to grown folks' conversation. Y'all ready? So, so David runs up to Saul, and David says to the king, don't worry about this Philistine. I'm going to fight him. Now think about this. The king won't fight him. The army won't fight him. Your seven older brothers won't fight him. Let me see if I can make this practical. Your January wouldn't fight him. Your February wouldn't fight him. Your March wouldn't fight him. Your April wouldn't fight him. Your May, your June, July wouldn't fight him. But then you got to eight. God, talk. And when they got to eight, watch me. He says, don't worry, I'm going to fight him. Now watch me. Doesn't this sound like a child speaking to a parent? where they have such an audacious faith that they're speaking something big and bold that they do not fully know how they're going to back up, but they got a reliance on somebody and something that's bigger than them. Which means I may not know how it's going to happen, but watch me speak it anyhow. I may not know where it's going to come from, but watch me speak it anyhow. Can I teach the story? Kids are fearless until they're taught to fear. Everybody else scared of Goliath. And David is like, I'll fight this uh, dude. David's like, I'll fight him. I got this. I will fight him. I will Goliath is between 6.75 feet tall and 9.75 feet tall. Can I teach you this thing Wednesday? The Bible says that David tried to put Saul's armor on, and Saul was a really tall man. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. If Saul's armor was too big for David, that means David wasn't as tall as Saul, which means he wasn't as tall as Goliath, which means when David is looking at Goliath, he is literally fearless of something that is way bigger than him. But because, watch me, but because he's a 
kid again. He looks at something bigger than him, and he's like, I got this. Okay, I need to make sure you sit next to somebody with faith. Because right? if you're not, what they're going to do is, is they're going to try to saw you. And I don't need you, I don't need you around anybody that's going to try to saw you this month. I don't need you around anybody that's going to try to big brother you this month. Y'all are saying them. Uh-huh, that's what David's brothers did. I need to make sure you're around some people that watch me, that when you say, I got this, they're going to be like, yes, you do. So practice this. Open your mouth and say it, and then see if the person next to you puts a praise in the atmosphere. If they don't, I'm telling you, get up and go sit somewhere else in this building for the remaining five to seven minutes of this message. At home, you do the same thing. I want you to say, I got it. Check to see if they praise God with you. One, two, three, go. If they don't praise God, go sit somewhere else. Why? You're about to see your Goliaths come down. Every obstacle, every giant, every big problem. Somebody say, it's coming down this month. Kids are fearless until they're taught to fear. I remember when I was a kid, I had this friend. His name was Brian. And Brian, Brian was, he was a Boy Scout. He got me to Boy Scouts. And Brian liked to do stuff I wasn't familiar with. Brian liked to go to the creek and, and fish for crawdads. I didn't even know what no crawdad was. Brian liked to go behind his house and catch snakes. I know. I'm like, listen, I am bougie. We do not do this kind of stuff where I'm from. So, so, so Brian, so we, we, so we catching snakes, and one snake had a, a mouse in its mouth, and he was like, oh, that one just ate, and he's catching this snake. Brian used to play with spiders. I'm like, dude, get the vacuum. Get the air freshener. Let me understand. <laughs> you know, we'll use anything to kill a spider. You'd use half of your hairspray bottle till it stops moving. Fearless until taught to fear. David had not yet been taught to fear. So David is like, I'm going to fight him. Why? I haven't been taught that I can't. Come on, y'all, you're going to get it. And some of you, you've been taught what you can't do. In this series, I'm going to tell you what you can do. You, you've been taught what's not possible. In this series, you're going to learn what is possible. Please open up your mouth, say, and I'll be fearless. Let's look at the next part. Let's look at the next part. Look at verse 33. Look what Saul says. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine. See, kids say ridiculous things. Kids say ridiculous things. You're going to catch the principles soon. Kids say ridiculous things. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Now, here's where Saul messed up because you said possible. And with man, it may not be possible. But with God, say it with me, all things are possible. Look at what he says. Look at what Saul says to him. You are only a kid. He said, you're just a kid. You're just a kid. There's no way you can fight this dude who's been fighting since he was a kid. You're just a black woman. You're just a, you're just a GED holder. You're, you're just a single mom. You're just a Hispanic man. You're just a white man. You're just a, you're just a black man. You're just this. You're just that. You're too short for that. You're too black for that. You're too dark for that. You're too light-skinned for that. You're too this. You're too that. You're too this. You're too that. 
And kids don't see their disadvantage as a disadvantage. They see it as an advantage. What if I told you what you thought was your disadvantage is really your advantage? Watch me. Because since I am a kid, Goliath, that means you're going to underestimate me, which means pride is about to take you down. Why? Because you're going to think it's going to be easy for you to win, not realizing you ain't met somebody like, you ain't met a kid like me before. What you think is your disadvantage is actually your advantage. What you think is working against you actually works for you. Netflix, when they went to Blockbuster, Blockbuster was Goliath. Netflix was David. You been to Blockbuster lately? You're not understanding. See, Blockbuster said, you all have too many disadvantages. You're the new kid on the block. You haven't proven this concept yet. And I think the offer was for $40 million or something like that. Blockbuster could have bought the company for four, $40 million roughly. Netflix last year spent $9 billion in Atlanta alone. I'll talk over here because I, I don't know what's going on over here. In other words, what you said was our disadvantage, was our advantage, because you didn't see us coming until we came and took you down. And I'm here to tell somebody, I'm glad the deck stacked against you. I'm glad that the statistics are against you. I'm glad that they say you won't make it. I'm glad that it looks like you will not make it happen. Why? Because when it looks like you're at a disadvantage, somebody say that means I'm advantage. Come on, say that means I'm advantage. Say that means God is going to have to fight for me. Say any place I feel disadvantage, God's about to come fight for me. You don't need favor if you're privileged. You only need favor where there's disadvantage. So look at the screen. It says, um, he's been a man of war since his youth. Don't be ridiculous. When's the last time you prayed a ridiculous prayer? Do you pray safe? You pray possible. It's quiet in here. Why have God who does supernatural if all you're doing is natural? This is why for some of you, watch me, this is why for some of you, relationship with God is stale and stagnant and you're blaming it on God. It's not God, it's you. It's because you started being natural when you were supposed to be supernatural. You, watch me, you blamed it on God and it's not God. God is like, you're not a kid anymore. You're not childlike anymore. You come to me with grown prayers. And I need you to pray stuff that when you say it, you say, this sounds ridiculous. And it's going to be ridiculous until you have it. It's going to be ridiculous until you're walking in it. It's going to be ridiculous until you're driving it. It's going to be ridiculous until you're living in it. It's going to be ridiculous until you're manifesting it. Please open your mouth Wednesday and say, I got to talk ridiculous talk. I need you to talk about owning it when you just started there. I need you to talk about being debt-free and you just got a bill in the mail. I need you to talk about being healed even though you just got a negative report. I need you to talk about how great your relationship with God is even if you feel distant from him. I need you to tell him how great it is that all your family say even if all your family is acting like hellions. I need you to say something ridiculous.
Verse 37. Look what David says. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, he will rescue me from this Philistine. Pay attention to what David said. David, what does it mean to be a child? To be humble. What does that mean? Fully relying on who? The Lord. Notice what David didn't say. I did this. It is quiet in here. Notice what David didn't say. I'm so glad I got this experience. I'm so glad I have the work ethic that I do. I'm so glad that I know how to do this and I know how to do that. See, watch me. Sometimes, watch me, you slip over into pride and you don't even know it because you're giving yourself credit for victories that truthfully you had nothing to do with. David, for real? You killed a lion? Okay. All right. Come on. Let's just give him a little illustration. You're going to be the bear. Okay? Come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. You're going to be David. All right, you ready? Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> He's reaching for stuff. No, no, that's just. I want to be. All right. No wants. No wants. So, David, you, at this time, you're between 10, 15, somewhere in there, when you're saying this happened. Okay? So, David, a lion and a bear, a, a bear rolled up on you. And if you listen to him tell the story, David says, when I saw him take one of the sheep, I ran after the bear, and I beat the bear with a club. This is what David said he did. Oh, he said, he said, I beat that bear. And then he said, if the bear turned on me, he said, if the bear turned on me, he says, then the Lord would deliver me from the paw of the bear. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. David. You fought a bear, David? David. You fought a bear with a stick? <laughs> David. Mm, see, you're going to catch it in a minute. You, you raised three kids with that income by yourself? Uh, yeah, you know. You got healed on your own? See, this is why I have a problem with people who once they get a little success, act like they made it. Act like they did it. Act like they don't need the God that gave them what they got in the first place. I wish you would. I wish you would. Act like you don't need the God that gave you what you got in the first place. Let's bump somebody and say, God did this for me. Come on, Wednesday, we're about to go home, and I need you to make sure that you're not taking credit for stuff that you did not do. If it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, open your mouth, please say, God did it. Then he says, then David says, then David says, this is what he says, Facebook, this is what he says, YouTube. And when the lion came, have you watched National Geographic? The lions David would have faced would have been African lions. It would have been an aggressive lion. And if, watch me, so the lion came, took one of the sheep. What do you think the lion was trying to do? Eat. 
So you mean to tell me while he's trying to enjoy his dinner, you ran up to the lion, took a club, and beat the lion down. Let me take off my non-prescription glasses one more time. I ain't got a front. They're not prescriptions. Listen. Neither were the ones last night. Listen, I just like them. You mean to tell me that the reason you got out of that depression was because you followed four steps? Mm. 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 You mean to tell me that you got that job with that padded resume? Senior Director of Customer Experience. You answered phones, boo. <laughs> and nothing's wrong with that. Senior Director of Customer Experience. <laughs> Executive Director of Telecommunication Services. <laughs> boo, you ran the call center. What are you talking about? And that's not bad, so I'm not saying that's a negative thing. You did that? You did that? You made it through that hellacious relationship. You did that? Well, look at the verse. The Lord, come on, y'all, who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Kids are adventurous until they're taught to play it safe. We're adventurous until we're taught. Don't go over there. Don't look at that. And I'm not saying that those aren't good things. Boundaries are good things. But, but when did you lose your sense of adventure? Why do you have to control your worship? You won't even go wild in your worship. You control your worship. I'm going to shout once now. Hey, do it, Lord. And I say, give him a radical worship, and you won't even adventure in your worship. Kids are adventurous. David was like, this is going to be fun. Because I handle that bear, I handle that lion, and I'm going to take this moth down. Saul finally consented. Everybody listen to me. Say green light. Say this month. Only say this if you got big expectations for the month of August. If your faith is low, don't say nothing. All right? I need you to let the person next to you. I need you to let their faith set you on fire. Right? I need you to say this, and I need you to make sure your section is set on fire. I need you to say this and make sure at home when you say this. Say this month. I've been given the green light. Whatever you wasn't going to do, go. Whatever you were thinking about doing, go. Whatever you were planning, go. Whatever you were looking at, go. Open your mouth Wednesday and say, the runway is prepared. I've been cleared for takeoff. Go. 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 This about two or three people tell them, go, 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 go.
Verse 38. We got to finish. Last few verses. Then Saul gave David his own armor. Thank you, David and Lion and Bear. <laughs> then Saul gave David his own armor. Verse 39. I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Pay attention again. You missed it. Saul says, okay, go fight. Let me give you my armor. I already taught you that Saul was a tall man, which means his armor wasn't going to fit David in the first place, which means Saul said to win, you're going to need this. You're going to need what everybody else needs to win, David. And I'm going to tell you Wednesday, you're not going to need what everybody else needs to win. See, everybody else needs all of this. Watch me. You got something called favor. Everybody else needs all of these other things, but you got something working for you that's bigger than anything working for anybody else. Come on, say, I won't need what everybody else needs. Let me speak to an entrepreneur. You're not going to need what everybody else has in their business. You're not going to need what everybody else needed to be put on. You're not going to need what everybody else is reaching for. What everybody else needs to win, somebody say, I don't need it. Say, what I do not have, I do not need to win. I need somebody to put a praise in the atmosphere right there. You got to go. I don't need all of that. I don't need all that. I don't need all that. But I want you to pay attention. David took them off once. Saw it didn't work. Put them on again. Saw it didn't work. In other words, David stunted and stagnated his own progress trying to use what was not necessary. See, a kid will get creative. A kid will turn anything into something. Now, I've told y'all this story, and it's a childhood story. So, be gentle. I was, I was sitting in the waiting room. I was sitting in the waiting room, and... Um, Look, <laughs> y'all got an eleven fifteen spirit. Like y'all gonna make a song. So I was sitting in this waiting room, and um, while I was sitting in this waiting room, they had this little playset. I was a kid, and um, they had these little toys and stuff. So I started playing with the toys, and I had heard the word on TV. I heard the word intercourse. I didn't know what that meant. Watch me, but I, watch me, but I was bold. Please listen to me. And I did not let what I did not know stop me from having fun. So I'm sitting there, I'm playing. I got this little set out there, and I'm playing, and I've got spaceships. It ain't spaceships. It's just little things they had out there. And I'm like, because I thought intercourse meant the inner course of a ship. Be gentle. So I thought it was sci-fi. I was like, it's Star Trek. So, you know, my grandfather lo loves, uh, uh, you know, Star Trek. So I thought, I, you know, I'd look at Star Trek and I, you know, Captain Picard and beat me up and all that. So I'm playing ships. And while I'm sitting in there playing with these ships, the ladies are sitting at the counter just laughing at me. And I'm like, yep. Watch me. Because I was able, watch me, not to feel any type of way 
because I did not know that what I was saying I should not have said. You're going to catch the principle in just a moment. I was having an adventure. And I was not allowing my adventure to be interrupted by somebody laughing. So they laugh and they laugh and they laugh. And then the family member comes out and they see me doing all of that. And it's like, do you know what you're saying? I said, no. I said, I'm playing chips. This intercourse just went into that. Do you know what you're talking about? Okay, lift your hands. No, listen, listen. Now see, now see, now see, now see. Look at me. Look at me. Say, Lord, restore my adventure. You know why you don't have adventures with God? It's because you want to control everything. You're a control freak. You want to control everything. God, bless the day. Now I need this. Don't do this. And let her do this. And don't let this happen. And don't let that happen. And Lord, I can't stand her. I don't want to see her. You know? So there's no adventure with God because you want to control everything. Rather than saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I shall rejoice and be made glad in it. Which means anything that happens in the day, baby, it's about to be an adventure. Why? Because everything that happens in the day, it works for my good. Look at verse 39. I can't go into these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. Kids are inquisitive until they're taught to be quiet. A child will ask you 4,374,212 questions within the first two minutes. What's this? What's that? You going to do this? Did you see this? Where are we going? Who is this? What is that? Where are we going? Can we eat? I'm hungry. I didn't eat. Did you eat? I want to eat. My friend didn't eat yesterday. I just met her. When we were at school, we were talking about pencils, and then I was like, I'm hungry. Do you like pencils? <laughs> Where did your inquisitive nature go? Where did you lose your sense of inquisition? Where you don't even ask God anymore. You, you don't even inquire anymore. David, where did you get the idea that you couldn't use the armor? Because I asked. Where did you get the idea that you were going to be a curse breaker? And nobody else in your family. Matter of fact, they talk about you for coming to church. Because I asked. Where did you get the idea that you were going to woo, wane, conquer, and subdue? Because I asked. Kids are fearless until they're taught to fear. Kids are adventurous until they're taught to play it safe. Kids are inquisitive until they're taught to be quiet. Look at the last two verses. This is the Lord's battle. So now he's talking to Goliath. And as he's talking to Goliath Wednesday, David literally says to him, I'm fully dependent. Talk. You ain't got nothing to say now? I'm fully dependent on. He was like, this ain't on me. This is not on me. Can I get you to lift your hands? No music. Lift your hands and just say, this isn't on me. This is on God. 
worship him for five seconds. No music, just your voices. In the building and online. We're about to go. We're about to go. This isn't on you. This is not on you. Atlanta, this ain't on you. Jacksonville, this ain't on you. Miami, this is not on you. It's not on you. This is not on you. This is the Lord's battle. Come on, let's turn up. Say, this is the Lord's battle. And he will give me victory. Come on, Wednesday. Say, this is the Lord's battle. And he will give me victory. So watch me. What did David do right there? Submission. He says, this isn't on me. This isn't on me. We're getting ready to expand, church. It's not on me. I'm just obeying God. 16 years ago when we started from nothing, I obeyed God. It wasn't and still is not on me. Say it's not on me. It's on God. But he'll give me victory. Watch this. Say let's be kids again. Here's verse 50. Here's your shout. So David, put your name right there. Triumphed over the Philistine. What's the last part of the verse? And he didn't have what they said he needed. Well, I feel like preaching right through him. Somebody say, and I'm going to have victory. And I won't have what they say I need. Say, I'll vanquish every enemy, and I won't have what they say I need. I'll be at the top and never at the bottom. I'm an overcomer, line crosser, history maker, boundary breaker, and I don't have what they say I need, but I got childlike faith. I'm not afraid to be fearless. I'm not afraid to be adventurous. I'm not afraid to be adventurous. I'm not afraid to be inquisitive. And I'm going to see victory all this month. Last piece. Kids are creative until taught to do it like everyone else. What happened here? Bishop, it's a train set. No, it ain't. These are painted crates with cardboard wheels. But to a child, oh, no. You see crates. I see a locomotive. You see why I can't. I see why I can. You see why I should stop. I see why I should keep going. You see why it won't work. I see why it will work. You see what's against me. I see who's for me. You're looking at how big Goliath is. I'm looking at how big my God is. You're looking at the fact that everybody else is scared of him. But what if you're the one to do what everybody else is too scared to do? <laughs> what if you're the one that's supposed to do what everybody else is too weak to do? 
What if you're the one? Everybody stand. Say, this is my David moment. Eight. New beginnings. Hear me. As we move through this series, you're going to become a kid again. I don't mean childish. I mean childlike. You're going to be fully dependent on the Lord again. Woo! You're going to be submissive. You're literally, you're literally, say literally, you're literally going to be in your eight, your new beginnings, your fresh starts. You're going to take crates and make trains. Now listen, you're going to take a bad hand and you're going to play it well. You're going to take what other people look at and see nothing possible. You're going to make it possible. For those of you in this building and online, I want to pray this first and then we got to go. Where you know, where you know that you somewhere, your childlike faith got off. Wave at me right now. Wave at me right now. I want to pray for you. At home, be the hand wave emoji. Father, I pray for every lifted hand. Lift your hands. I pray for every lifted hand right now. And I pray, God, that you would restore our childlike faith. That we'd be adventurous again. That we would be fearless. That we would be creative. That we would be inquisitive. You are with us. And we will fight. And when we fight, we will win. And this David, this kid, triumphed over this Philistine. We speak victory all this month. We speak triumph all this month. I don't care what didn't happen in the first seven. In this eighth month, it's happening for me. Wednesday, I need you. Watch me. I need you. Let's start right now. Say, let's be kids again. I need you to not care who's around you. I need you to not care how crazy you look. I need you to not care what the person around you is saying or doing. But when I count to three, I want you to put a praise in this building and online, watch me, that reflects the restoration of your childlike faith. That reflects the restoration of your childlike faith. On three, I need you to put it in the atmosphere. One, two, three, go. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about who's watching. I need to see you get radical. I need to see you get radical. I need to see you get right. Father, stir it up in the building. Stir it up in the building. Stir it up online. I wish I had some runners. Move this so they can run. I wish I had some runners. I wish I had some jumpers. Hurry up. I wish I had some shouters. I Wednesday, I need you to get out of your comfort zone. I need you to release a childlike praise. Release a childlike praise. Be adventurous in your worship. Be adventurous in your worship. Be adventurous in your...
Now that we got your grown praise out the way, can I get you to release your kid praise? Watch me. I need you to not be caring about nobody around you, caring about nobody looking at you. I'm going to give you one more opportunity because what you just released was good, but it was too grown. What you just released was good, but it was too grown. Say, Lord, and this one marks the beginning of my childlike praise, of my childlike faith. I'll be adventurous. I'll be creative. I'll be fearless. I'll be inquisitive. Now, Wednesday, I'm about to give you your opportunity. Don't worry about nobody. Don't worry about how crazy you look. On three, release your praise for your God. One, two, three, go. Jesus Christ, I wish I had some. I wish I had a few of y'all that would get out of your seats. I wish I had a few of y'all that would get out of your seats. I wish I had a few of y'all that would leap. I wish I had... I'll be fearless. I'll be adventurous. I'll be creative. I'll be inquisitive. Hallelujah. And if they see me praising in my car, watch me praise them. They see me praising in my office, watch me praise them. They hear me shouting in my house, watch me shout. They hear me speaking in tongues at the gym. I'm not afraid to be a kid again. I'm not afraid to be a kid again. next to somebody that's not afraid to be a kid again. Smile at them. Say, I'll be adventurous. I'll be inquisitive. I'll be creative. I'll be fearless. Green light. Green light. Green light. Green light. And green means go get what's yours. Go get what's been prophesied. Go get what's been declared. We're about to go Wednesday. I'm out of time. But, I, but your name's about to be brought up. Opportunity's about to open for you. Favor's about to find you. Debts are about to be canceled for you. Come on, say green light means go. In this building, I know line, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On three, I want you to slip your hand up. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Say, Bishop, I'm not sure where things stand with God. Be sure tonight. No judgment. Nobody judging you. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On three, put that hand up. In the building, do the hand wave emoji. It says me. One, God's coming to get you. Two, three, if that's you, put that hand up or do that hand wave emoji right where you're at. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. This is my David month. This is my new beginning month. Fresh starts for me. New beginnings for me. New beginnings for me. Come on, say it. Wednesday, say new beginnings for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Just pray that prayer for the first time and recommitted yourself to the Lord. Scan that QR code on the screen or text the word uh, decision to 877-552-4746. Some of you, you're already saved, but you need a shepherd. You can live in Denver. You can live in Atlanta. You can live anywhere and be a part of our family. All you need to do is text the word join harvest is one word to 877-552-4746. Did y'all get some out of this word tonight? Today, yesterday, it was a, it was a, to be honest, yesterday was a very frustrating day for me. I could not wait for yesterday to be over. I said, thank you, Jesus. The moment it struck midnight, I said, thank you, God, that this day is over. And today, the Lord, what I preached to you, he preached to me. He said, just be my kid today. He said, be fearless, be adventurous, be creative, be inquisitive. And can I tell you, it's been an amazing, amazing day. Because it's not on you, it's on God. Listen, listen, um, if you want to be a part of our family, text John Harvest to 877-552-4746, wherever you're at. Take out your communion elements real quick. We're going to move quickly because we're over time. Move very fast, please. Take your communion elements out. Feel that first layer back. Lift it towards the Lord in the building and online. At home, you can scan the QR code and we'll send it to you. All you got to do is cover the shipping, which is $7,442. I'm just playing. Yeah, man, them shipping costs. You ever looked at some of the shipping costs? Sometimes the shipping costs. Bishop Wright sent me a brisket one time. The brisket was $20. The shipping was $55. Ooh, but that brisket. Oh, to God. Lift, lift it to the Lord. Father, on the night you were betrayed, you held up bread and said, this is my body, which is broken. Eat it. Father, as a bishop in your church, transform these elements into your blood and body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive the bread. Feel that next layer back. Lift it up towards heaven. Say, thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you. I still get excited about the fact that he died for me. I still get excited about the fact that the blood covers me. You ever just thought back over some of the stuff you've done and how you should be toe up from the foe up, but I'm going to give you three seconds to release a but God praise. One, two, three, go. You should be dead, but wow, but God. Father, we receive this now. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all sin. In Jesus' name we pray. You receive the juice. Again, for those of you part of our online fam, all you got to do is scan a QR code. You'll get it. It's the same ones we have in this building. They're prayed over. They're blessed. 
and you can do that. Somebody say hallelujah. We got to go. We're, we're over time. Listen, I want everybody tonight, if you came in late, you weren't able to, so I want you to get that ready. Um, but I want everybody, to, it's the first Wednesday of the month, I want you to put a seed in the ground. Say a seed. And I want this seed to be connected. Let's go back to the scripture. Put the scripture back up for me real quick. I just want to say it one more time. First uh, Samuel 17 and 50. 50. God plays the numbers. Numbers have a spiritual significance. Say your name. So triumphed over the Philistine. 50 is the biblical number of celebration. I want, I want you to sow a $50 seed with me, everybody in this building and online. And you're gonna, we're going to literally call this seed eight. That's what this seed is going to be, your eighth seed. This is your eighth seed. David was the eighth son of Jesse. David was the new beginning. David was the fresh start. Come on, y'all. Say, that's what I am. And I shall have total victory. Say, Bishop, I don't have the fit to get as close as you can to it. But I want you to sow into this tonight, everybody. I just sowed mine on text again. Lift your giving to the Lord. If you came in late, you weren't able to give your tithes, offerings, first fruits, do that. But I want to challenge everybody to put a $50 seed into this word. Let's be kids again. Say, Father, I sow, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, because you love, but you're forgiven. As I sow, I know that a harvest has been prepared for me. Goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. And where I look, I see increase, overflow. 50 is celebration. That's why in the 50th verse, David took down Goliath without what he thought he needed. I will take down enemies. I will take down obstacles without what I thought I needed this month. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.